Welcome back, everyone, to the Marked Life Podcast. Um, today, we're here again with uh, myself, Jason, Brendan, and Michael. Last week, we talked about uh, the body, and the Lord had a, a couple of things to unpack with that. And mm-hmm. of course, there's so much more that um, we could cover on each one of these topics. And so, um, that's just something to to continue in prayer about um, at home with with yourselves and with us. Um, but for this week, we're going to be diving into what comfort looks like, what mm. stepping out of your comfort zone and getting into uncomfortable situations um, can look like in our in our lives today. We're going to look at some scriptures. The Lord's kind of set up a couple things with that. Um, but yeah, just welcome back. We're we're happy to be here. Yeah, it's always good to be back, mm-hmm. getting to talk with these guys and just about the Lord. I think we kind of need to define what comfort even is to begin with. I was with. thinking the same thing. I got to have a baseline for us to even know what we're talking about because there's so many different things. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there's some scriptures that talk about comfort in a good way. Mm. And then there's some Ooh. very revelatory passages that maybe do not use the word comfort, but are very much, you know, talking about that definition of comfort that we have when things are easy. Mm-hmm. Which, which can lead to some negative things, some bad fruit. Yeah. Well, I've got two comfort definitions here. I can unpack those right quick. I'm, is that, I am on the computer. The Webster Dictionary? Uh, this would be Oxford. Wow. Yeah. Classy. But they're basically one and the same, but it's a state of physical ease and freedom from pain or constraint. Also, the easing or alleviation Kind of like Allegra for allergies. The alleviation (laughs) of a person's feelings of grief or distress. So it's kind of the escape Mm. of distress and grief. The numbing. Interesting. Mm. That's really interesting. I mean, I think that in and of itself really kicks off this conversation as, I mean, you guys have heard me personally talking about these revelations of the beauty of suffering and grief. Will you, will you read again, like, those key words and those definitions? Yeah, absolutely. It's the easing or the alleviation of a person's feelings of grief or distress. I, like, those, those two words, they're, you cannot escape them from the human experience. Mm-hmm. And there's, a, there's mm-hmm. a beauty in comfort in the Lord. But whenever we seek comfort anywhere else but from the Lord... From, from anywhere else from, than the Lord, then it's going to bear bad fruit. I, I guess I'll, I'll kick us off here with 2 Corinthians chapter 1, where God is defined as the God of all comfort. And wow. I think we have to start with God's definition of comfort. And I truly believe this passage really defines his definition of comfort more than anything else. And I'll read it starting in verse 3, 2 Corinthians 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ, the sufferings of Christ overflow to us, so also through Christ our comfort Mm -hmm. overflows. If we are afflicted, it's for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. I mean, I could read this whole passage. He goes on to talk about how 
like they were up to the point of death, that, that the despair and afflictions they're experiencing, they, they felt that they had received the sentence of death so that specifically they would not trust yeah. in themselves, but in God who raises the dead, that God raises the dead. Oh my goodness. Um, but I was seeing two kinds of comfort being defined in scripture as I was kind of taking a broad overview of some passages. There's one, the comfort that leads to boasting in the Lord and the comfort that mm. leads to boasting in the world. Yeah, I mean, comfort, like Proverbs 18, verse 10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous man runs into it and is safe. Mm-hmm. Safety and comfort. I feel like you can make those words kind of work together a lot of times because it is kind of the same thing. Comfort inherently also breeds safety. And, and so you're looking for both. Both All humans are looking for both things of like yeah. wanting to be comfortable and wanting yeah. safety. And that's kind of like the fundamental need of a person is that like you always see that like the growing up the pillar of like the hierarchy of like needs and someone in safety is mm. like one of the most fundamental yeah. core core instincts of someone to look for and so we look and it says like the name of the lord is a strong tower it says the righteous mm. man runs into it and is safe so running into comfort and into the lord and so that clearly that's good yeah clearly that's where the lord's calling us into but as you're saying there's it's this weird juxtaposition of two different comforts, right. but yeah. the same word. He's our comfort, mm-hmm. right? He's the strong tower. If it's anyone or anything else, right. it's counterfeit. Mm. And as, as we see throughout scripture and throughout our life experience, there is a counterfeit, not created, but warped by Satan, by any spiritual force of evil as a result of what God intended to be for our good. Mm. Think of the body. We talked about this last episode, but the body of Christ, like what... Really, if we get down to it, what does the body kind of offer us as well? And it's comfort. It's belonging, mm. too. Yeah. True comfort. Holy comfort. Yeah. Honoring comfort. Because mm-hmm. what's the base of the body? The head mm. is Christ. And so comfort, again, we find this is, is safety, comfort, whatever you want to call it. It is a good thing. And, and what, what leads to that comfort? Like, why, why is it comfort? Why is he comfort what's coming to mind for me is is love it's mm-hmm. belonging like you're mm-hmm. saying belonging a part of the being a part of the body with christ as our head when we're when we're operating in the body of christ as a true family we have found true comfort mm-hmm. and safety and that's like i mean just to unpack a couple more of those scriptures that talk about him as a comfort it's i mean clearly in in john 14 15 um if you love me keep my commands and I will ask the Father, and he will give you the Comforter, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. capital C, to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. I forget it's called that a lot of times. Yeah, Me too. it's interesting. It's like, it's like, I mean, but think about Jesus. It, it's, it's, this is the Spirit of God, of course, that, that he's talking about. Jesus talking to the, the children of Israel, he's like, how, oh, how I've longed to yeah. gather you under my wing, like as a mother hen gathers her young. Mm. Like that's such a place of comfort. Like the little chicks, they've got no clue what's going on. Like they're mm. seeing all the stuff happening. They're seeing cows, you know, there's, there's goats <laughs> around, you know, they find that place under the mother hen's wings. That is comfort. Like that is like wow. belonging. And that's mm-hmm. what you were talking about, Brendan. Like it's like, it, it's, it's belonging with with where you're supposed to be wow even even as you're saying that i i think this is such a deep topic that i don't know if we have time to go into today but that passage 
where Jesus is looking at Jerusalem and he says, how I have longed to gather you under my wings. He's talking about, he's, he's, this is his trip to Jerusalem as he's preparing for his last week of life, knowing he's about to be crucified by those who were once exalting him as savior. He's coming to the city. They're saying, Hosanna. Yeah. Blessed be the name of the, the coming of the, the king. The, they know he's the Messiah. These same people are about to kill him a week later. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing he says, as soon as he lays eyes on Jerusalem, knowing he's walking into his death is just Jerusalem, Jerusalem. It's compassion. The one who kills the prophets and the ones who God has sent to you. How I have longed to gather you under my wings like a mother hen gathers her chicks, but you were unwilling. That's what stands out to mm. me. It's such a verse of comfort that you, you take it, you can take it out of its context and it still maintains the promise of the Lord and the heart of Jesus. Like you said, it is still compassion. He's, he's looking at those who have forsaken him and he's, and he's still longing with compassion mm-hmm. for those who... To comfort them. To comfort literally. them. And, he's going to, and they're, they're going to kill him. That's not comfortable for Jesus. No. It's not. And I think what, you know, you're talking about the great, the comforter, like the comforter. And I'm, I was like, I forgot that it's called, like it's, it's one of his names is the comforter. And so often, and I think it's like, well, how does that apply then? So we have the comforter who is with us always. And, and according to scripture, right? But then also so often we're called to uncomfortable situations mm-hmm. and to do uncomfortable things and to step into uncomfort. So like, Honestly, right now, I'm like, how does that work together? Because it's like you have the comfort who's with you always, but at the same time, we often so, it's so realistic that we feel uncomfortable in situations. We walk into things that are hard. We're walking into situations that we don't want to be in. It's life. Yeah, it's life. And so it's like, how do you, how do those two things play out then? Like, should we ever feel uncomfortable? I think. (laughs) Type of comfort, right? Yeah, exactly what you were talking about earlier, the two types and what you were talking about within the body. It's. It's intrinsic comfort versus extrinsic. It's like, it's like That's belonging, good. belonging to the body of Christ. Like you have the, the spirit of the, of the comforter. Like you mm-hmm. have the comforter who is like, you, uh, we were talking about one of his names, but he does call us into uncomfortable situations, but that's external. Mm-hmm. We need to be comfortable. We need to be confident. We need to be- know that we belong in our father's house. <laughs> Sorry, in, it's a good word. In, in the Father's house, like belonging fully, knowing that we're accepted, knowing that we're redeemed, knowing that we're completely loved and, and received by the Father, mm-hmm. that brings comfort. That is Jesus gathering us. He has gathered us under his wings now. Mm-hmm. And so we're comfortable in him. But he also charges us to go out into the world. He also mm-hmm. promises suffering. Right. But it's but again, that's the external, like that. that's... That's the external situations and circumstances that don't dictate our inner turmoil. Mm. They don't dictate our thoughts. They don't dictate mm. how we approach situations because we know that like we are safe. We're comfortable. We're in the refuge. We're in the stronghold where mm-hmm. he is. He's our fortress. So we, we walk into the world that is uncomfortable, but completely and utterly comfortable because he is in us and he's with us and we're, we belong. That's it. It's mm-hmm. an inner comfort versus an outer comfort. That, I mean, that's just what's resonating with me. It's mm-hmm. where I derive my comfort. Am I yeah. deriving my comfort food? Comfort food. Why is it called comfort food? 
Makes you feel at home. It's warm. It's heavy. <laughs> it's gravy and greasy. It's, it's mac and cheese. Oh, of course. Carbohydrates and, and carbohydrates. thick fats galore. Like it's comforting to the flesh. Mm-hmm. All right. We see these footnotes in our Bible. It's like the Greek word sarks that Paul's referring to. Like this is gratifying the desires of the flesh, sarks which is, food. which is, it's sarks. Food. <laughs> I'm not going to call it sarks food. I like comfort food. Like I, I delight in these things. But if I'm going to this, this food as my source of comfort and not delighting in the, in the one from who, from whom the food truly comes, then it's, it's kind of this idea of now I'm putting my faith in it. And it's going to fail me. I, I, I find myself, especially in this season. So I just, for, for, my, for our listeners, right, I just started training with the Army. It's at Fort Benning, and I'm going to be there for four and a half months. And it's not comfortable. It's, they're, they're taking care of me, but even, even as a Christian, it's, pretty, it's a pretty dark world. And so I could choose to derive my comfort, as I was often tempted to, from... I don't know, eating junk food and having a bunch of caffeine because I'm tired, I'm not getting much sleep, I'm in a new environment and I'm, I'm meeting a bunch of people. Things are new every week, every day. We don't know our timelines. And so it's not externally comfortable. And so one coping mechanism, one very common coping mechanism, especially for people who do not have the Lord, is to find comfort in the world. Yeah. It could be to find it in an unhealthy relationship, and, and satisfy the flesh that way. And those relationships could even just be toxic friendships. Like they don't have to be unhealthy, like um, personal relationships. But I think wh- where I'm going with that is like, while I've been tempted, literally, I've been like with food. It's like, uh, I, I could eat this and it'll make me feel good mm-hmm. for the next hour or two. Or I could, or I could trust the Lord and, and pray. Like sometimes it's hard to pray. Yeah. It, it can be it can be hard to talk to God because sometimes it's hard to be honest with God about how I'm really feeling, what I'm really thinking in the midst of things being uncomfortable in a in a spiritually dark setting. It's almost like we gotta find a way to not let the external become internal. Whoa. Like that's really what I think it boils down to when we struggle with comfort and what we're facing is that for some reason, whatever it might be that we've walked into, we've allowed whatever was external to seep in and become internal in us. Mm-hmm. Cause if it's purely external. It, it wouldn't bother us as much as it perhaps always does, but yeah. really we've found a reason to let it become internal. I just think of like, it's raining. You know, if you have a coat on, like, you know, you're fine on the inside, you're warm, but if there's any hole or like, you can think of it like a boat, like if there's a hole in the bottom of it, it starts to sink. Like the water's gotten inside. Mm. And that's what happens a lot of times with our comfort is that we see discomfort and we start to panic. And I think we start to move away from the house of the Lord or his presence or the dwelling place that he calls us to. And then we insert X into mm-hmm. it to try and fill it. Right. Instead of filling it with him, yeah. be filled with the spirit, he says. Yeah. If there's no room, if you're, if you're full of the spirit of comfort of him, there's not going to be room for something from the outside to mm-hmm. seep in. It's, it's walking by, and it's what you were talking about. It's, it's walking by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Because the flesh does desire to fill those places, trying to solve their issue of discomfort with the things of the world. Like right. We see that all over. So, But if we're walking by the Spirit, 
then we're going to be filling that place of desire for discomfort internally with the Lord, with the one who can actually comfort us and sustain us, not these other things that, like you said, feel better for like an hour, you know? Feel oh, better. yeah. Like, like so you, temporary. We, 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 and we know, and so so, so, does, the, Always. so does the world, like that we mm-hmm. know those things are so short, like short-lived. Right. And on the back side of it, you're like, oh, I've got a stomach ache because it tasted really good to like eat right, a, a giant exactly. milkshake. But now <laughs> I feel terrible. And you're like, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. But in the moment. And you're like, but I'll, I'm going to do it again, though. Right. You know, right, like exactly. that, that's, that's what happens. And it, per, and it perpetuates. Can I read this passage from Galatians 5 that you're referencing there? Please. Galatians 5, 16. I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. Mm-hmm. Other translations, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires... What is against the spirit or mm-hmm. contrary? The spirit desires what is against the flesh. They're opposed mm-hmm. to each other mm-hmm. so that you don't do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. He talks about the works of the flesh, he talks about what it means to be under the law. We got some boys flipping through scripture. And yeah, there's some cross references going on here. Yeah, just to just speak back into that. Everyone knows this Romans 8. Those who walk by the Spirit of God Amen. are sons of God. Amen. Amen. It's that same thing. Right. Identity, keep, comfort. Keep reading in that, though. I think it talks about the law a little bit as well. Which is, like, I like that you said that because it's interesting that the end of this little passage of, like, the Spirit's contrary to the flesh, the flesh, the Spirit, and, and then the last verse in this little section, but if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. That's what it is, it's yeah. like, what? What, is that? what does that mean? Mm-hmm. They're, what what they're, does that mean? They are they don't exist together. It's one or the other. Yeah. Yes. And I, yeah, because it says it, the desires are the de- desires of the flesh are against the spirit. They're opposed to mm-hmm. each other. The desires of the spirit are against like you can't gratify the desires of the flesh and the spirit at the same yeah. time. You right. can't impossible. do both. It's literally impossible. Literally impossible. That's pretty revelatory there. So why would we, mm-hmm. if, if we know that, oh my goodness, this is teaching me right now. If we know that, if we really know that you can never desire the flesh and the spirit at the same time, and we know what happens when we walk by the spirit, we know what happens when we walk by the, the flesh, why would we ever, in a moment of weakness, a temporary moment of temporary weakness, why would we ever right. choose to gratify the flesh? It's foolishness. Mm-hmm. It's deception. It's always deception. And it's strengthening to remember these things. What does Jesus say in the garden when he's praying the night before he's crucified? Bro, come on. To the disciples when they're falling asleep. He the asked flesh them to pray. is weak. The spirit is willing. He said, pray that you may not fall into temptation. Mm-hmm. And that's what he says. The, the spirit is willing. The flesh is weak. It's not that your flesh is weak. It's not that. You're, you're being weak. The right, spirit's willing. Yeah. Tap, in, tap into the spirit. Your, your flesh is weak. No, it's like literally the flesh as a whole is, is dead. It is weakness. Mm-hmm. Like why, why would you gratify the flesh in this moment? The spirit is so willing. I'll even just pair that with you were saying, read the next part of it. And I'll even just read the couple of verses before it, it says Romans eight verse 12. So then brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Mm. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, 
but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Yeah. And we just talk about kind of in the beginning or is comfort, fear, and love. Those are the three key words we kind of threw around in the beginning. And it's even right there. It's like, what is adoption? Like that word, I think when we hear it, it screams love. Mm. Like to adopt something, like that's such a yeah. pure form of love. Because it formerly was not yours, but you saw it. And yeah. Like, no, I want this to be mine. You chose it. it. Mm. Love is a choice. And it says, but you were not given. It says, you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. So there's the two, same thing, flesh, spirit, fear, love. It's those two things. And we see that a lot with comfort is that fear is always intermixed in that somehow. Yeah. Somewhere when we we're, we're too comfortable or we're sitting in a situation where we know like, I've just been so comfortable lately. I don't really know how to get out of it. If you look at the core of that, somewhere in you, fear is found as opposed to something the Lord's calling you mm. to do. And instead of that, there should be love. They're opposed to each other, right? Mm. They're they're against each other. There's, there's what what do you call it? like one side of the spectrum and the other. Mm-hmm. There's fear and slavery, and then there's identity and freedom. Mm. Like what you just read, that's what Romans eight just said. Mm-hmm. Like the spirit of of the world is slavery, and it leads to fear. The spirit of God is identity as a son that leads to freedom. And I and I think of. my mind's going back again to that passage of Jesus looking at Jerusalem, longing to gather the chicks under his wings. I mean, just like, I just want to read this Psalm. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, a lot of people listening to this and even all of us have heard Psalm 8410 a lot, but the whole, the whole Psalm, Psalm 84 says, how lovely is your dwelling place. O Lord of hosts, my soul long, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at, young at your altars, O Lord of hosts. My King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valleys of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Did you hear in that psalm how many different words for house or home or dwelling place was mentioned yes oh my goodness what a comforting psalm (laughs) like how lovely is your dwelling place for the courts of the lord even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest blessed are those who dwell in your house the highways to zion better of course for for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere why would we ever choose anything else oh my goodness yeah that's comfort. I so feel the Lord even right now just ministering to me in this. So deeply. Just that, just that he alone is my comforter. Mm-hmm. Like what are these things that we've put our faith in to comfort us and they, they fail us? 
it just they just fall out from under us i mean when i when i wrote down these two types of comfort mm-hmm. the comfort that leads to boasting in the world is anything that like the, that that could be boasting in ourselves or of, of anything in the world the parallel i was drawing there scripturally we take the life of solomon we referenced solomon in our previous podcast mm-hmm. of his faithfulness to the lord mm-hmm at the beginning of his kingship and reign, son of David. He was the one promised to build the house of the Lord Mm -hmm. that Psalm 84 is talking about. But in the latter half of his life, he sought comfort. And he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes at the end of his life, and he said, it's meaningless. Mm -hmm. It's all meaningless. I tried everything under the sun. Vanity. Vanity. Yeah. It was all vain. It was for nothing. He was looking for for fulfillment because he strayed away from God. And in Deuteronomy, I didn't find the exact cross-references of where God commands his kings, don't accumulate chariots and horses because Mm -hmm. you'll trust in them. Hmm. Don't accumulate many wives because they'll lead you astray to other gods. What happened to Solomon? That's exactly what happened. He did both things. It talked about all these, these chariots and horses and how great his army was. And he had about a thousand Wives and concubines combined. And it, it literally says in, in the book of First Kings, First Chronicles, how they, they led him astray to many other gods. And you just see the lineage of his family history throughout, throughout the tribes of, uh, or the, the kingdoms of Israel and Judah for the rest of First mm-hmm. and Second Kings and Chronicles. Just, just wickedness of so-and-so king continued in the sins of their father. So many in a row. Right. And, and, it, and it started... I mean, sorry, Solomon, but it, man of faith, man of wisdom, but it started because he sought comfort in the world. But like what I, what I want to say in this, what I want to do in this, I don't want to just like, I don't know, um, victimize Solomon. Victimize isn't quite the right word, but like berate Solomon for, for these things. Like I really want to take this to heart as I'm hearing Psalm 84 ministering to me. Just what are these things I've... yeah. I've sought comfort in the world from. What do we all, all of us? Yeah. Find comfort? I, mean, I mean, that's the thing. Like this isn't, this isn't just for me. This is all of us listening. Mm-hmm. How, how have we tried to comfort ourselves in the world and not trusted the Lord? Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is for me. Like there's almost a confession that's happening in me yeah. right now. of Like, where have I not trusted in the Lord? When I, when I seek comfort in something else, it's because I don't trust God. Mm-hmm. It's good. I don't, I don't believe God because maybe I haven't written his word on my heart and so I don't I don't have these promises stored up in me enough so that when that that the day of evil comes when the day of evil comes Ephesians 6 when when Paul tells us to stand firm then in the armor of God and he says all the days are evil when the day of evil comes when temptation comes do I have truth buckled around my waist <laughs> righteousness on my chest the helmet of salvation on my head, my feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace hmm. and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Do I have these things? Am I wearing them? Can I stand firm then in the evil day after I've done everything and stand? There, there's, there's a lot in there for me that's, that's ministering to me. I know, I've, I know I've done a lot of talking in this, but it, it's, yeah, it's hitting me home so much. Hmm. And I think that's, that's something that, we all need to unpack because that is, that's the more important of the two. We're talking about comfort today. That's the more important of the two types of comfort being 
solidified, cemented, grounded in the comforter himself so that he can call you to uncomfortable things mm-hmm. extrinsically. So let's talk about that. Let's let's look at what that looks like in the Bible, in our lives, you know, honestly, like embracing discomfort wow. for the sake of growth. There's, there's so many like, like, I mean, you know, secular and, and within the church quotes about comfort and the comfort zone. It's like, you know, the end of the comfort zone is the beginning of, of growth. Um, like there's, mm-hmm. there's a, a bunch of hilarious ones, honestly, like maybe I'll find some and read them in a second, but yeah, let's, let's start unpacking that second portion of it. I think it starts with, it can be so easy when you're looking to be uncomfortable just to do something because it feels uncomfortable. And I don't think that's what the Lord's called us to at all. Right. I think we have to first know what the, like knowing the Lord's heart is the first and foremost important part. Because when you know what the Lord's heart is, you can then really internally begin to look at like whatever situation's in front of you and know, is this what I'm supposed to step into? One, does God, like, would God want me to do this? And then it becomes less of like, oh, I don't feel comfortable doing this, but God would want me to. Because then you're not having to bank on yourself and your own rationalization of whatever it is you're seeing. Yes. Right. You get to look at like, okay, the Lord yeah. calls me to do it. I may feel uncomfortable, but I'll submit that to him and then just do it, oh whatever goodness. it might be. But you don't know that if you don't know his will and his heart. And that takes a, it takes a long time to learn. It's not like any of us have it down packed and we're yeah. all learning that, but that's the heartbeat is like, okay, I'm going to learn it. I'm going to study it. I'm going to spend time in the word to know God. And then that way, when I face a situation, I can actually know in my heart, like God would want me to do this. Like he would want me to go to next door to my neighbor mm-hmm. and talk to them and get to know them. He would want me to go out and share my faith. Mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable doing that, but Lord, like lead me into that. And I know that in that uncomfort, you will meet me because I know that's where your heart is. Yeah. But like that, that takes time. Faith. Faith. Yeah. I mean, there's just thinking of three specific instances. I'll run through them quickly in the Bible. And there's, I mean, it doesn't talk about like, oh, like Moses, you know, actually it does. I'm just remembering another one there. It does talk about Moses, like in Hebrews, like putting away the treasures or even you could say the comforts of e- of Egypt, That's all of right. those. He counted them he as a, basically a prince. Oh yeah. He, like he was absolute royalty. Like he, he had whatever he wanted, all the treasures of the world really, mm-hmm. but he, he set those aside for the suffering. He set this aside, even counting suffering wow. as worth more for Christ. It's interesting how it, how it parallels that with Christ, even though Christ hadn't been born yet, but obviously he's still reigning. But that was just like, I guess that's a fourth one. You can look at, you can look at Peter in, in the gospels where he steps out of the comfort of the boat to start walking on the water. And what happens by his faith, what you just talked about, Mm. he, he bloody walks on water (laughs) (laughs) and then he starts and then, and then intrinsically he's like, okay, Jesus called me out to the water. I'm safe with Jesus. I'm, mm. I'm more safe now in the water than I am in that boat because he calls him out of it. Yeah. And so he's now walking towards him. But then what happens? Yeah. He, he, he lets it. the extrinsic worries and undiscomfort right. and, the, and the unsettling. He tries to rationalize it. Yeah. What he's seeing. He starts right. sinking in mind. There's, there's the story, oh my goodness, of Noah. Noah's building, God calls him to build an ark. It's never rained before. And he's called to build a giant ark. It takes him like a hundred years to build this thing. Like that is grueling work. Maybe he's got like, you know, Shem, you know, maybe some other guys, like his sons like to kind of help him every now and again, but (laughs) J-Peth. But he's out there building a giant ark and everyone's like, you idiot. Like everyone's mocking him, ridiculing him. If he takes, if he, if he absorbs the atmosphere 
in the environment around him, that's so uncomfortable. Everyone hates you and thinks right. that you're a lunatic. Mm-hmm. But he's he's comforted himself. He's like, I know that God's called me to this. I know that I have to do this. And then what happens? Of course, the flood comes. Even going back to the very like beginning of God's prom like God's promises specifically to the Israelites. Mm. Abram, like God calls him. It's in Genesis twelve. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, leave your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will Mm. make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. He's called to, like, I mean, who knows how many people there are on the the planet at this point in time, but probably like a couple hundred thousand at most, right? I mean... I have no idea. I'm not like the a Canaanites, The Canaanites are, are are out there, you know, and they're wreaking havoc. So is the so are the Egyptians, and surely like some Mesopotamians number. and all these other people. But um, it's some some wicked people. They're they're um, polytheistic, like worshiping other gods that mm-hmm. are like demonic, sacrificing people, and oh yeah, like it's it's evil. And that even goes that even goes to when God calls them to sacrifice His son Isaac. He's like that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, that now. is. He's like, but that's, I'm different. That, I'm right, different. Right. Um, but like, look at this. He he calls him to leave his own country. He calls him to leave his people, his father's household. He he's calling him to leave everything that he knows. But what's on the mm-hmm. back side of that? Because he's trusting God. He's going to be a blessing to all nations, to all peoples. And we experience the the blessing of Abraham by faith. We are children of Abraham. We, we, we enter into Abraham's family line because of faith. So we, we, are, we are blessed today, if you're in Christ, through Abraham's obedience in this, stepping out of his comfort zone. Amen. Wow. We don't know the blessing to other people's lives that our obedience Ooh. and our stepping out of our comfort zone can give them. That's, that's it. That's crazy. It's like the, there's a song that says like, it's kind of just him talking and it basically says like, my story is on the other half of someone else's yes. Like I am only here because someone else said yes yeah. to the Lord. Little MBL. Yeah, a little MBL worship. Which song is that? Uh, Do we remember? I don't remember what it is on. Mm-mm. I'm going to go find that. There's not too many, so it wouldn't be too hard to find it. But Yeah, but that's the truth. I mean, as you were reading that, I was... Will you read again, if you have it pulled up, what God's specific call to Abraham was? Like, go and do this. Mm-hmm. The Lord had said to Abraham at that time, go from your country, from your people, and from your father's household to the land that I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. All the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went, as the Lord had told him. Wow. I, so the first thing that stands out to me, how, how crazy is that calling? How uncomfortable <laughs> is that calling? Read just that section again. So we can just, just hear that Go. with the discomfort of, of that calling. Go from your country your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. We have to characterize this. You were just characterizing the days of Noah and Mm. the world that was going on then, how there hadn't been rain on the land. Now in in Abram's land, like all these wicked people groups surrounding him, he's growing up in his father's house, and God's like, yeah, leave. Everything you ever knew, everything that's comfortable, go to a foreign land. I'll show you, but leave. Some of us kind of do that with college. I mean, think about it, like practically, like people do like, legit get up, leave their parents' house in whatever state they're from and move to a university that they might not even know anyone. 
And how much personal growth do we experience right. oh if we handle it Come well? On. Right? And if he leads us, if he and leads, we're not if just, he's the one. If we keep the intrinsic comfort, if we keep that, That's if it. we keep him, if mm-hmm. we walk by the Spirit, then we experience that growth, or else it, it leads to our destruction. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, and so right after that, calling. So the calling is what God asks us to do. I kind of, I'm, I'm even learning as I'm saying this right now. We talk about callings a lot in the church. Always. Like, this, this calling, what's your calling? I, I'm convinced the calling is what God's asking us to do. It's not the great promises or, or things that we'll inherit in this yeah. earth. The calling is these things of discomfort God is asking us to do. Wow. Yeah, it's like your calling's yes. Mm-hmm. Like that's the word that God's calling you to is yes. Whatever it is he asks you. Exactly. And, and part of it back here. I mean, God was so gracious to Abram to show him, like, hey, I'm going to show you, first off, leave your, he doesn't, God did not have to say, I will show you, and I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make you a nation, and I'm going to make your name great, and I will bless you. Like, he didn't have to do that. Right. That was his grace over Abram. And then so Abram's like, oh, okay, like, no doubt about it, Lord, like, I'm going to be blessed. Like, like not, not to water or diminish down his faith by any means. That was a frightening stepping out of his, of his life, of his world, for sure. But for us, like, oftentimes God isn't going to show us, hey, like, I'm asking you to step out of this, out of your bubble, out of your zone, into something unknown, into, into chaos, essentially. He's asking us to yeah. step out of where we are in peace into something chaotic and unknown. And that can increase fear that can it can it all but it, on the other side of it it can be exciting because you're like what in the world is gonna god gonna do with my obedience mm-hmm. but he's he's oftentimes not gonna be like hey do this and i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do this and and i'm gonna protect you because when people curse you i'm gonna curse them instead like but we can look to the faithfulness of god all throughout the scriptures and through our lives and we apply that that's what rises our faith to the occasion because we know the heart of God. Yeah. We know the heart of God so we can trust that when he calls us to step into something, into the chaos, he's going to deliver us. He's going to take care of us. His plan is going to be enacted into our lives. On the other side of the calling are the promises of God. Always. Always. So like Abram's calling, pretty uncomfortable. The promise, pretty vast. He will bless all nations. And we right now are reaping the fruit of Abram, now known as Abraham's obedience. Mm-hmm. Like you said earlier, Brendan, what are what are those things that God is calling us to? Mm-hmm. What, what are those those calls of obedience God is inviting us to step into by faith, mm-hmm. not by by laying our own life down, by stepping into discomfort out of the world of comfort. And, and taking God, the God of all comfort with us intrinsically into that, into that next step of the journey to bless someone else because it's not about us. Mm-hmm. It's not about us. If it's about, if it's about us, we stay in the bubble. Right. We yeah. stay in comfort. And why would we leave? It's right. comfortable. Right. It's nice. But Christ calls us to have a selfless view of ourselves and our faith is not for just us. Right. As we just talked about with like our, mm-hmm. like on the other side of our yes, we don't know what the Lord could do in other people's lives and our, our whole lives, honestly, my, a lot of my life is on the other half of y'all saying yes too, mm. in a lot of ways to what the Lord had. And so we will never know the full amount of like what God does through a yes. Mm-hmm. Never. Well, we will never understand all of the interworkings of God's plans in our everyday minute decisions. 
Man. Well, I think not to not to ascribe any type of homework or anything, but I think an encouragement for everyone listening is like like genuinely ask God and and and, and search your heart and say like, "Hey, where are you calling me to step out of where I'm comfortable right now?" Mm. And honestly, like and I'm challenging myself and us in this too of like let's step out of our let's step into some chaos. I'm not not just blindly like oh i think <laughs> just find the like nearest thing off. yeah like like just but but being prayerful and, and like wisdom. wise about mm-hmm. it exactly um because god but that's where growth is mm-hmm. that's that's where it happens you 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 get stronger when you enter into discomfort and you fl- work out those muscles and you flex them and then things tear a little bit and then they build back stronger like that's a principle in literally all throughout the physical and natural realm and mm-hmm. that's just a divine principle in the spiritual realm as well, just with our own growth. So let's, let's step out. Let's step out and, you know, let's, let's see the Lord move. If we have Psalm 84 as our comfort, not just that Psalm, but the Lord who is explained through Psalm 84, it's like, why would we not, like, what do we have to lose? We have everything to gain. Mm. He's with us. So who can be against us? That's it. Uh, it. I wrote down Philippians three as well for my notes on this one. And that's where Paul talks about, like I consider everything a loss for the sake of gaining Christ. Hmm. We have nothing to lose in this world. If we've already lost it all Mm -hmm. for the sake of him. And at the end of that promise, we, we talk about our citizenship being in heaven. It goes back to our identity in the spirit, not gratifying the flesh talks about those who whose gods are their stomach. I was literally equating comfort in the world to eating earlier. Mm-hmm. And Abraham is, is one who considered the promises of his citizenship in heaven of greater value than anything he could, he could gain on this earth. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't get to see with his eyes the inheritance of those promises that he stepped out in faith. Mm-hmm. But he sees it in heaven. We're reaping those benefits, and our citizenship is in heaven now. Mm. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna help close us with just a couple of wise words from um, just many philosophers and monks and prophets throughout the the years. Is this the collection <laughs> of cheesy comfort uh, quotes? You know, my, Michael. Don't it, don't. It, it don't. Is, don't tread on this good conversation with whatever else you might throw right here. Guys, if it doesn't challenge you, <laughs> it doesn't change you. Wow. Okay. okay. Wow. Let's Life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. The comfort zone, it's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful place, but nothing ever grows there. Mm. Okay. Last one. Last one. The comfort zone is nothing else but a graveyard your dreams and ideas okay <laughs> and then this one which is no no i don't know how wise oh yeah you're right you're right i'm trying to think of scripture for all of these like, ah. <laughs> well this one right here spirit lead me where my faith is without borders or trust is without borders mm-hmm. may walk upon the waters wherever you might lead me i love that song Whoa. ocean okay okay well with we this i'm so excited <laughs> just to continue this probably this will be another conversation we need to talk about comfort in the future but we thank you guys for listening mm-hmm. to episode two yes. of the March Life podcast with Michael, Jason, and Brendan. And we will see you guys next time. 